Hello, everyone, and welcome to the I Love Kid Min podcast, the place where you and your church take the next steps in your kids' ministry journey. We know you love Kid Min, and we want to give you the tools to succeed. Now, your hosts, Ryan Frank and Corey Jones. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's Ryan Frank. Welcome to the I Love Kid Men podcast, episode number 22. I'm joined by my amazing co-host, Corey Jones. What's up, Corey? Not too much, Ryan. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Your fall's in the air. I love fall. Indiana Man, falls real. are pretty sweet. What are they down? What are they like down in Atlanta? Leaves it's been good stuff. Yeah, I've had more fires this year than I had last year total. Drink more apple cider. It's been pretty good. And Thanksgiving's just around the corner. Ryan, you got any Thanksgiving plans? Now, how many people have you fired, Corey? How many fired? No, I'm saying like campfire. Oh, campfires. I thought you said firing more people than normal this year. I'm like, man, you're brutal. Campfires. You can't fire people before Christmas. And apple cider. So here's the question. Um, What about the apple cider, caramel apple cider drinks that you get at Starbucks? Do you like those? They're okay. I usually just stick to coffee when I'm at Starbucks, though. Okay. Get that Pike's Place. What are your thoughts on all the pumpkin spice stuff? I like it. You know, I don't oh, yeah. normally do all the flavored lattes and stuff until it's fall time. For some reason, I really like, I get into the pumpkin spice lattes. And I do like the eggnog lattes at Christmas, too. So I guess I should say that. But, yeah, I love fall. I'm with you, Corey. We've done some campfires. We've done some apple cider. We've done some caramel apples. Um, it, it's good. It's good. Um, we had a good fall break. We took a week and went to Florida and saw Mickey Mouse and some downtime with the girls. Hung out with some friends for a day or two. So that was nice. Did you guys do anything? Any fall break plans? Uh, we hung out at the house. It was really exciting. Not really. It was fun, though. Okay. Well, yeah. things are always ha- happening at the Jones house. I keep up with okay. you guys. There's always stuff going on. I tell you, Halloween was pretty crazy. We had about 5,000 people come through the doors of our church Halloween night. No. Yeah, it was insane. I loved it. What'd you do? Was it a trunk or treat? Or? Uh, well, we have college students that live upstairs, and so we have a whole bunch of rooms and thought, well, let's give them candy and equip them to do some trick-or-treating. And yeah. then we just opened up our whole facility and had everything rolling and uh, – just marched people in and out. It was it was crazy, but it was cool. I love it. That's cool. Now you guys all you stayed home for fall break, but you'll travel. You go don't you go to Maryland for Thanksgiving? Yeah. That's where my sister's at. Um, and as a family, we didn't have like many family traditions. And so uh-huh. my sister and I, we decided we'd start that that Thanksgiving we'd get together and she'd cook and I would do the dishes. It was it's a good working relationship. That's pretty cool. Now I've never met your sister. Is she older or younger than you? She's three years older than me. She's in the military. She loves it. Really? Yep. That's pretty cool. Now, she married kids? Three boys, and they are all boy. They are they are That's fun. That's awesome. Yep. So Uncle, My, Corey, Uncle Corey wrestle with them and stuff? Absolutely. I like to spoil them a little bit. Love it. Love it. Well, enough about us. We need to jump okay. into our, our uh, podcast for today. So there's somebody that's helping make this possible. Who is it today? 
Yeah, so we want to thank, I think this is the second time that Go Curriculum has sponsored the podcast. So thank you, Go Curriculum. Get online, Kidmen leaders, and go to gocurriculum.com. This is a great curriculum. In fact, pretty soon we're going to be interviewing David Roush. David and Mindy started Go Curriculum a few years back. David's going to be on the podcast. It might be the next. Is it the next episode, Corey? If If we can schedule it, I'd love for it to be next. Okay, yeah. So soon we're gonna we want to introduce you to David Roush, but David and Minnie started this Go curriculum. It's a story based curriculum. Takes kids chronologically through the scripture. Uh, something big with Go curriculum is that they recently launched preschool, so they're now available for preschoolers. You can download a free lesson. I'm really impressed with um, the creators of this curriculum and their heart, and I know. A lot of kids pastors that are using Go curriculum on Sunday morning. So you owe it to yourself and your ministry to go download a free lesson and check it out at gocurriculum.com. Hey, this week in our favorite things, um, I want to talk. Corey and I have a couple things we want to share with you. My, Corey, whose turn is it to go first? I never remember whose turn it is to go first. Uh, We take turns. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, do we? Why don't you go first this time, Corey? What do you got? All right. So I was recently at the D6 um, conference, and they released a book. It's called Recalibrate, and it's a new way to measure – family ministry, like the success of family ministry. They pulled together 14 authors, and it's just really, really cool. And one of the quotes from the book that I like, it says, for decades, maybe centuries, churches tracked attendance and offerings as the two primary metrics with little regard for spiritual health, discipleship, uh, and reaching other generations. And so no wonder that the churches are gradually graying and slowly dying. And so, man— I love how recalibrate is just like it's an adjustment in measuring success. It's an adjustment to improve our accuracy. And the the book is just so scripture rich. Um, it helps me line up my ministry with what God says about my ministry. And so um, I'm like three, maybe four chapters in now, and I had to share it. And so go check it out, recalibrate book. Um, it's available on their webpage. I imagine it's on Amazon, too. Now, when I was on Facebook yesterday, I saw you were giving one of these away. Yeah, uh, I give away some books through my blog and stuff. And so I figured um, this is one that I really like, and it was easy for me to be like, all right, I'll go on Amazon and buy somebody a book. Yeah, be good. If you've not been on the Corey Jones blog, how do we get to it, Corey? It's just CoreyRayJones.com. It's fun. CoreyRayJones.com. Cool. And my, I've got a book to share with you as well. Um, nice. So this is a book that's been around. It was first published. I actually have it in my hands because I just started reading it again. It's a book that I try to read every couple of years. Um, copyright 2004. And it's titled The Way of the Shepherd by Kevin Lehman. It's a short little book that really you can read in an evening um, or two evenings at the most. But it's all about leading people. And I love he, – he talks about if you want greatness – you have to give greatness. And a lot of times as leaders, we expect all of this stuff from our team, uh, but we don't, but how are we giving 
right, to the level that we expect from our team. So it's a good book for pastors. I think it's a good book for anybody that has employees or you're working with volunteers. How do you create the kind of culture that you want within your ministry? How do you really understand your in? Because the book is titled The Way of the Shepherd, it uses the sheep analogy a lot. So how do you really understand your sheep? How do you connect with your sheep? What's the rod of correction, the rod of direction, or the staff of direction? What do those things look like? And it's just a great little book on managing people and leading people. Um, I have a lot of respect for Dr. Kevin Lehman, and it's a good little book, The Way of the Shepherd. There are two good favorite things. Hey, we'd love to hear what kind of book you're reading these days. Jump over to the I Love Kidman Facebook group. Tag Corey and I. I'd say there's a good chance if you said, hey, Corey and Ryan, I just read this book and it rocked my world. Good chance Corey and I would buy it and uh, read it. So let us know what books you're reading. Thanks for letting us share a couple of our favorite things. Today for our podcast, we're going to be hearing from you, the I Love Kidman community, as we talk through questions that you posted in the I Love Kidman Facebook group. So our first question today, Ryan, uh, it looks like it's from uh, Juan Banton. Sorry if I butchered that name, but I love this question, so I wanted to start with it. Yeah. It's uh, I'm going to read the whole thing because the whole thing's great. I've been in the U.S. this year and have seen Kidman on a whole new level. How do I get our volunteers, none of them are full-time staff, to get to the next level? We have the capacity. Uh, we have the capability, but I wish they have seen what I have seen and what I have learned. We can get there, and it would change up Kidman for us, the kids, and certainly the kingdom. I love the podcast from South Africa. Um, so, Ryan, um, how can somebody share a vision that they have seen while traveling in the U.S.? How can they share that vision of kids' ministry with their church and with their staff in South Africa? Yeah, I love it. I love it that we have friends from literally all around the world that are part of the I Love Kidman Facebook group. It's just so encouraging. And one, that's a great question. It kind of, you know, goes back to what I said a minute ago or earlier in the podcast about the way of the shepherd book that um, if you want greatness, you have to give greatness. And so I think one of the greatest things you can do, one, for your Kidman leaders back in South Africa is invest in those leaders, invest in those leaders, give them time, give them resources, give them encouragement, give them hands-on training. And the level of time that you invest and the level of energy that you invest will, will directly impact the level of return that you receive. So if I invest very little, I really should expect very little in return. But if you've come over here, one, and, and just the Lord has used this time in the U.S. to really give you a new, fresh vision for what your children's ministry should look like in South Africa, get back there and listen. Try not to change everything overnight, but just begin to invest time and resources into those leaders you have. And that's good for us here in the U.S. too. How much time do we really spend investing in our leaders? I don't think there's one person that would say, I don't need volunteers. We all recognize we need volunteers. If nobody showed up on Sunday, we'd be in big trouble. But how much time am I really spending today, like literally today, investing in my volunteers? 
what's my plan for this week? How much time am I going to spend this week investing in my volunteers? And I think if we're honest, none of us spend near the time that we want to or should, but we can all do a little bit more. So one, I would go back and I would just begin to really love on those volunteers you've got. I know you already love them. Invest some time and energy, um, train them, resource them, equip them. And um, I think great things are going to happen. And over time, Ryan, he, he, this over doesn't time. have to be done all at once. Um, remember that it's a marathon. You got time to do this. And I know for me, I struggle with some of the vision piece where I get tired of saying the same thing, but it's once I'm starting to get tired of it, that people are starting to finally hear it. And so just be patient, continue to press forward and, uh, small changes over time, change everything. All right, Ryan, question number two, Tiffany Banks says, how do we get families to move from attending one or two times a month to weekly? And then how do we recruit consistent leaders when families aren't attending consistently either? Man, Tiffany, if I knew the answer to the question of how do I get families to move from attending one or two times weekly or monthly to weekly, I would be a rich man because pastors would line up at my door wanting me to share my secret with them. Um, Tiffany, it's a tough thing. We all wrestle with it. And here's why we wrestle with it, because we understand the importance of the community of Christ. We understand the importance of church parent partnership. And we recognize that, hey, if a kid is only showing up one or two times a week, it makes it all the more difficult to help kids in their discipleship journey. So we understand that this is a serious thing. It is, Tiffany, an epidemic. I think there are churches where um, they see different patterns, but I, I'm sure if I polled all of the churches in the I Love Kidman Facebook group, I, would, I bet the average would be that kids are attending one or two times a week. It's not an easy fix. It's something that takes time. It's some, I think it's a spiritual thing. It's a decision that at the end of the day, parents and people have to choose that this is going to be a priority. Um, so it's really ultimately comes down to their own walk with the Lord and where they are setting their own priorities for their spiritual life and for their family and for their kids. Now, I can sit back and I can whine about it and I can hit the wall and I can bang my head and I can put my fist through the wall and be mad. Or I can choose to, hey, make this a matter of prayer. I'm going to make the one or two times a month really, really great. And then I'm going to find, here's what I would encourage you to do, Tiffany. Find other ways to minister to those kids and families beyond um, the Sunday morning or the weekend worship experience. Because if the reality is they only come in one, once or twice a week, what can I do creatively to minister to them when they aren't here? And we live in a day where, uh, boy, it's never been easier. And I know it's really easy for Christians to demonize screens and technology and the Internet and, and all of these social networks. But the truth is they are huge power agents for good. And we should probably all wrestle through as a Kidman community. What can, how can I leverage social media? How can I leverage text? How can I leverage YouTube? How can I leverage these social platforms, these new ones that are popping up to engage with kids, to engage with parents, to engage with the community, to teach, to build relationships? And yeah, in a perfect world, I would love it if they all showed up every Sunday morning. Um, 
and maybe they should. I think that's something that each Christian has to wrestle through, and you make your own decision on. But if they aren't, hey, what can we do to um, deal with this current reality? What do you think, Corey? Am I off on that, or do you agree? Oh, man, you you are solid on in that. I kept thinking through different things that we're doing, and you touched on all of them. And so that's awesome. Um, I do want to throw this out there. The posting videos to YouTube, if anyone has cracked the code on YouTube kids getting your church stuff onto there, I would love, love, love to hear what you did to make that happen. I've yet to figure it out. And so maybe there's somebody out there that can open up our eyes to it. But yeah, uh, ways that you can do that. Um, it's, that's a tough one. Our kids attend one in three on average. And so figuring out ways to minister to them outside of the walls of the church. That's huge. All right. Uh, Terry, Terry Stitzes says, how do you get into a school to do a convocation and teach about God? Yeah, why don't you tackle this one first, Corey, because I know you do a lot of these. I have some thoughts, but why don't you take this one first? I'd be honored to. So for us, we started by asking the school, how can we serve you? What do you need? It wasn't about us. It wasn't about our agenda, um, but we wanted to serve them. And so that opened up different doors. Um, and this is a slow process also. So at first there was just, they had some financial needs. Then there was like some back to school supply needs. And then it opened up to more of helping with, uh, things within the school, then helping with character education and, um, being faithful with little things opened up big doors for other things. And so for us, a lot of it was, um, at first we're showing up to a practice and some supplying some popsicles and then being faithful with that and the school trusting us with more and more and more. Um, And then eventually to the point today where um, we have big open doors that we can uh, partner with. Now, it's a delicate situation for us in our culture. We still need to walk the line when it comes to some things. we got to honor the school. Um, but uh, being faithful has allowed us to share Jesus in so many ways. And so um, ask school. Start there. Say, hey, what do you need? How can we help you? Maybe this Christmas they have some kids that you can sponsor and help give them a good Christmas. And if you're faithful in that, I know Um, there's going to be more and more doors open to you. Now, Indiana is a little bit different. You're, you're not in the Atlanta area. So is there any advice that you have, Ryan, that might be a little bit different? No, I, you know, I think you really nailed it, Corey. I think at the end of the day, it's all about, I mean, what I have found, it's all about relationships. So I want to be, I want to have a relationship with the administrators at our local schools. I want to have a relationship with the principals I want to pop in and say hi, not just when I need something, but hey, how can I serve you? And and when I what we have found around here is when we have that foundation of relationship, which brings trust, then when I go to that principal and say, hey, I'm thinking about bringing, uh, let's just use an example, David and Tisha Laughlin. I'm thinking about bringing David and Tisha Laughlin into the community. These are top tier magicians that do great stuff with kids and do character training. I want to bring them to the church anyway. And what if on the church's dime, we have them do a convocation with the kids at school? Here's their website. They already have trust. 
a level of trust because we built that relationship. And then it's a no-brainer deal. It's not cost them anything. The church is paying for this. And, yeah, I think we got it, Corey. Uh, and All right. Carrie, great, great question. School, I love school convocations, and I definitely have found that when you do a good school convocation and you announce that, hey, they're, these folks are going to be back at the church tomorrow night for a big concert or a big this or that, kids will come and bring their parents, and it's a great opportunity then to give the gospel. Uh, Natalie's got a question. Um, Corey, she says, what is your favorite way to honor or thank your children's ministry volunteers? Um, I'm glad you're asking that question, Natalie, because they do need to be honored and they do need to be thanked. And here's the deal. I love doing annual appreciation events, and those are great because they're really special, but they're not enough. So we really need to be um, thanking these people all the time. I've, I love what, okay. Two of my favorites. I love thank you cards. I still am a guy that sends thank you cards every day. I'm in my office. I send thank you cards. So I love, because for one reason is I like getting something in the mail. That's not a bill. And it's pretty rare to get cards anymore in the mail, unless it's Christmas or your birthday or whatever. So uh, I love thank you cards. Um, I love sending random text messages. If somebody just comes to my mind, um, I'll just take, 10 seconds right then and do a quick text. Like, hey, the Lord brought you to mind. Hope you're having a great day. Just want you to know I appreciate you. That means a lot to people. And then something I've learned to do um, with time is just actually slow down when I'm at the church, look somebody in the eye, and just say, hey, Carolyn, I don't know. I just want you to know, I'm so glad you're back here. Thank you. I know you know I appreciate you, but I feel like it's been a while since I just face to face said, Thank you. That goes a long way with people, too. But you have to because Sundays are so busy, you got to like purposefully and be intentional about doing that. Those are a few of my favorite ways to say thanks. What about you, Corey? Ryan, I I don't want anyone to miss the the gold there. When you say someone comes to your mind, you send them a specific message right then and actually do it. And hey, this doesn't even have to be your department kids ministry specific when um, somebody on my team is talking about one of their volunteers, I will often do the same. I pull out my phone and say, hey, uh, the youth pastor is just bragging on how awesome you are. And so uh, be generous in your uh, gratitude. That's that's huge. Um, for me, favorite way to honor and thank my team. Um, I think I, I like to be specific in the way that I show them appreciation. And so um, I I like the idea of um, after church sitting there for maybe like three minutes and jotting down the things that I saw. And then later in the week, I will send a text or a card or um, a Facebook message, or I'll just do a public Instagram thing and say, thank you, um, Jalisa. I saw the way that you um, welcomed this hurting girl with a hug and that meant the world to them. And so when you can be real specific like that, uh, it makes, it makes it really, really good. Now, Ryan, we still got a couple more questions, um, but we're coming to the end of uh, our talk. We are, and, so, and, and they're such good questions. I hate to go over them fast. What do you, what do you think about doing a part two with I love Kidman I, questions next week? I think that could be great. We'll save them. I say we'll let do you, it because we've got a couple good questions on the dock, and I don't want to go too fast. And 
So let's do, let's park to it. Man, this was good, Corey. Um, I, yeah, I, I was just sitting here trying to think like, man, what's one of my big takeaways or two from this conversation? And, and I don't know, I've got a lot of them. I feel like, um, yeah, I, for me, I think I maybe Natalie, your question on how do you honor and thank your volunteers was just a fresh reminder for me, like, hey, who can I thank today? And what can I do? And something that really needs to be on the forefront of our minds, showing people that they're appreciated. Long, long time ago at a conference, Corey, I heard a, a workshop presenter say that if you if you need more volunteers, make heroes of the ones you already have. Hmm. And and we just I, we can never go wrong in honoring our volunteers and loving on them and making them feel special. Um, Corey, what about do you have a big takeaway from these Q and A's? Yeah, um, I was thinking about Tiffany Banks' question about the uh, like helping those who aren't attending all the time. And I know for me, I've grown weary of uh, like posting our services onto YouTube and things like that, that I don't always see the fruit from. And so, um, for me, it's probably just a renewed that matters and it matters like to Colby, a specific kid that, uh, his parents are divorced. And so he can't be there every other week. And man, I can't allow the, uh, another task, another thing, uh, get in the way for me of, uh, ministering to those kids that, aren't in the room on Sunday. So I think that's a big one for me. Just continue to push on and uh, serve those kids in that way. Yeah, totally, totally good stuff. Friends, it's been a great episode. Thank you for joining us. Uh, You know, a lot of times we will ask, um, or you've asked us so many questions and we just, in fact, we've got some good ones coming up next week. I'm glad we're part two in this because we've got some great questions y'all have asked. So join us for the next episode, episode 23. What Corey and I are going to do, you've been asking so many questions. We're going to turn the table around and I need to ask you some questions. If you have not taken my Kidman survey, my 2020 Kidman survey, I, we really, really, really need you to do that. Um, we track this and it's taking people on average two and a half minutes to take the survey. Um, hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of you have already completed the survey. I do one of these surveys every year, and it really means the world to me. If this podcast has helped you, if I have helped you, if Corey has helped you this year, here's how you can help us take our Kidman survey. Now, you can go to the I Love Kidman Facebook group and search for episode number 22. You'll find a link to the survey there, or you can just go on a web browser and go to kidmensurvey.com kidmensurvey.com. We read these surveys, we analyze them, and it really does dictate a lot of our content that we create going into a new year. So the feedback so far has been really, really incredible. Thank you so much. Corey, it's been a great episode. I love these Q&As because they just get so into the micro on things and just so super, super practical. So Corey, thanks for being such an awesome, amazing host. Did a great job today. And hey, can't wait to see y'all next time in episode number 23. This episode might be over, but the conversation is just getting started. Head over to the I Love Kidman Facebook group and let's talk about your next steps in your kids' ministry journey.